but we're going to start with Carrie Lake. I um, was interviewing her, and then I just said, I don't want to stop. I want to keep going with this. So we made it a two-parter. And in this part of the um, the interview with Carrie, we're talking about authenticity, which is a word that's just been really heavy on my mind for most of this year. Well, <laughs> this year is only a few weeks, right? But a lot of last year, too, because as I've interviewed people and People of really heart, of real heart and soul, like Bruce Lipton, like Malachi McCourt, like Danny Sheehan, the lawyer. Um, what I found with all of them, they had a real authenticity. And that doesn't mean that my other gorgeous guest, um, people from Australia coming to mind, just people everywhere, just are really authentic. They're real selves. And uh, those are the people that I, I have to, my ears go up, my antenna goes up, I take notice and feel it. Because being authentic is just the greatest gift we can give anyone, to give them our real selves. Because you know that you're always so beautiful when you're really you and nothing else. So I want to get started with this show. And um, we also have interns, Bintia and Minnie, who um, were with me when I recorded Marla. So they're helping out. And um, here goes. I hope you have a really great full moon. Just take in all that great energy. Don't get too crazy. I don't know about you guys. I find it very hard to sleep during full moons most of the time, just feeling all that energy. So here is... Carrie Lake, and uh, we're going to start off talking about this really cute little quarter horse. wish I could show you a picture of it. The picture is in her book um, named Dufresne, but then we're going on there because it's amazing. Her work with horses so translates to working with us two-leggeds as people, you know, living without judgment, living to be our really true authentic selves. Here goes. Thank you for listening. Oh, and by the way, that was Michael Fronte in Spearhead with Hello, Bonjour, Konnichiwa. And now here's the second half of the interview with Carrie Lake, author of Listen Like a Horse. You know what I'm thinking? We're just, we're out of time, but maybe we should keep going with this and... Um, Sounds great. Yeah, because there's too much to talk about with you, girl. Um, you <laughs> go, know. go, go. Yeah. Well, the other thing I wanted to talk about um, was, and, and my wonderful, wonderful producer, Michael Sarcona, gave me a ton of questions, which I haven't even touched upon. He's <laughs> like, Michael, help me, please write some questions. And then I, it's like I go off on my own tangents, but I couldn't help it. But I want, <laughs> I want to talk about another horse in the book who I was really, that, that story really touched me, and that is... Dufresne, am I pronouncing his name correctly? You even did put his name in phonetically for us. Yeah, Dufresne. Dufresne. Yeah. And he was an abused horse, and nobody wanted him, and nobody, nobody, nobody wanted him. The people thought you were crazy when you got him at an auction for 50 bucks, right? <laughs> right. But the best part of this story is that the guys were telling you it took six guys to get him in a horse trailer. <laughs> yes. You can six go on days. with the story now because, and you didn't need six guys. No, six six big cowboys with ropes wrestled with a small horse to get him into a trailer. And the, the small horse ended up with scars and cuts and bloody legs and all sorts of stuff. And 
this is such a, a poignant um, uh, story about the difference between clarity and communication. I mean, d- I'm sorry, dominance and communication. Mm. The, the cowboys know dominance. That's what they know. And that approach with this horse landed everybody feeling frazzled and, and landed the horse being bloodied. So when I um, went to go gather this horse after paying my 50 bucks plus $7 for a plastic halter, um, I just went into his paddock and stood 15 feet away from him with no intention to touch him. I went there to just let him know I'm standing here and I'm going to listen to you. The other thing I did was stand still and let him see everything in me he was going to see. There have been times I learned how to be dominant with horses. I know how to do those behaviors and I've done them. And I wasn't going to pretend that I'm something greater than what I am. So I just stood in the paddock and I let this little horse see through me. It was clear he was he's a unique guy if one tiny horse is battling, you know, six big mm. cowboys. This is a this is a special guy. So I just let him see right through me. I hid nothing from him. Another way to say that is I just <clears throat> excuse me, open my heart and hid nothing from myself. That's kind of what authenticity takes is to not hide from yourself. Yeah. So I gave him 10, 12 minutes, you know, I wasn't timing it. it. Just, I just knew we had to pick him up and put him in the trailer, you know, mm-hmm. but I just stood there and let him look through me, let myself be ultimately vulnerable standing in front of this little horse. And then I stepped out of his paddock without trying to catch him, without t- trying to touch him. It was basically just saying, this is me. You get to see whatever you want. And if he was going to judge me, which horses don't judge, I gave him that opportunity. So stepped out, had my friend pull the trailer around and then went back into his paddock and stepped within about 10 feet of him. And this is the time, you know, I had to communicate with him this time because, um, it, it was time to move. We had to ask him to move his body. But I stood 10 feet from him and I showed him the halter in my hand, which is basically a rope. And I said, from my heart, I used pictures. I colored in my pictures with senses because, this, again, this is something natural to humans as it is to animals. But I colored in my pictures with the senses and I showed him myself putting the halter on him and the gentleness of it. I didn't do it yet. I was standing still, just sharing the pictures and the senses. I shared with him what the walk that we had to do. We had to walk out of this paddock and up through this scary barn to get to where the trailer was. And there were going to be loud noises and there were going to be people. And I showed him that. And through the pictures and the senses, I showed him how we were going to have to step up into a trailer. What does it feel like to be in a trailer? What is the footing inside the trailer? There's rubber mats, there's shavings, there's hay. There's going to be sound when he puts his foot there because it's made of metal and it's going to be higher. 
I showed him all of this from my own awareness of the experience. And I felt it all in my own body while I showed him the pictures. That is telepathic and energetic communication. And it's, it's natural to everybody and it's a skill you can develop. So I showed him all of this and then I just let my breath out and let him see through me whether I was telling the truth or not. And when he felt he was ready, what he showed me was the look in his eye and he turned his ear toward me. Turning his ear, when he did that, I, my body was washed with a sense of him saying, okay, I get it. And at that point, it's up to me to be aware of my own body. See, this is why my, my priority is awareness of myself. Because if I were just analyzing with my eyes, oh, what did his ear mean? Did it mean this? Did it mean that? That's analysis in the head. But being aware of my own body, I could feel the truth that him moving his ear was him communicating, okay, let's go. So as soon as I got that, I just went with it with the same gentleness in my heart. I walked up and the the best part, there was a cowboy hiding behind one of the posts watching me, waiting for me to get killed. It was so, honestly, if I were going to be egoic about it, it was very satisfying. (laughs) <laughs> how this all went but it's also nice that they cared as well yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah so i just walked up and i put the halter on him and turned and to walk out the gate like like he and i had done it a million times before mm. and just lifted the lead rope and boom he walked right with me not a not a single pressure on the line he just came with me because we were together on this we we were living in the same journey. And the only reason that happened is because I opened the space for it. I shared with him who I am and I let him decide for himself. So together we walked up that scary hallway up to where the trailer was. And there were there were people sitting on the fence waiting to watch what was going to happen. And I was actually very grateful that people get to see something like this. Yeah. Yeah, you know they get the experience that this sort of thing exists, and beyond my wildest dreams, Dufresne and I walked up to the trailer, and with, I mean, it was like breathing together. We stepped into the trailer side by side, not a single pressure from either of us. He stepped up into the trailer, put his head down, and started eating hay, and just communicated right from his heart, "Okay, let's go." So I just kept going with it because part of my mind is like watching this going, this is amazing. This is, <laughs> wow, I could not have, I could not have planned this any better. This is something that you have to create while you're doing it. And so I just stepped out of the trailer, closed the door, and I didn't speak to anybody. All I remember was silence because I was just focused on moving forward just went, hopped in the truck and drove away and um, got him back to the house where there's five acres of tall grass for him to live on. And um, he was just fine with that transition living there as well? Oh, it was, he was a totally new horse by the time uh, we got there. He was so relaxed. He came out of the trailer and was just bright eyed. There's a photo of him in my book, but um, it was bright eyed and, and, 
totally happy. I just pulled out a hose, washed him off. <laughs> he stood stock still. He just stood there. It, and it was a healing wow. on every level of and a, a rebirth and a regeneration out of the the frequency and the creation of that other life very literally coming through a, a whole different birthing into a new life a new version of himself he's a cute little that's, guy <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at that's him what, now <laughs> that's what listening does is it it regenerates and recreates but it, it's interesting that it begins with ourselves before it goes outward huh oh yes mm. Yes, it's so it's so beautiful how people want to help one another. And this is where that whole love yourself first comes from. You know, it love yourself first doesn't mean the same thing as approve of yourself first. Love yourself means be vulnerable enough to see yourself as you are and know that the only reason you're doing it is so that you can embody more love. But in order to do healing and provide healing for others, you have to be willing to be aware of yourself, be aware of your own body, be aware of what you actually think and feel. And when you can do that without judging yourself, your very presence is healing wherever you go. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about healers and healing others. And if you're not in touch and you're just like, giving out, which you still can do it. There is something missing there. There. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many healers there, I don't know how, if you've met many, I've, I've seen many who have chronic physical issues. I've, you know, I've met some like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they struggle with their weight or they struggle with their relationships or, and again, there's no judgment here. No, because is, it's, yeah. It's simply drawing out the dynamic that humans have this ability to decide that it's better to give to you than it is to be healthy, whole, and complete in myself. Well, question from my producer is that mm -hmm. you say in the book, all behavior is changeable or flexible. So what's, what's your reaction to that? All behavior was created and from belief systems, at least the way most of us function in the world now, we learn very early on that pain is bad, comfort is good, and the point of life is to be undisturbed. So where did my behaviors come from? Why am I behaving this way? And if it's an animal, what produced this behavior or what produced mm. this response? And when when i can see that you know maybe i am my my behavior is sarcastic and mean because that's how i learned to defend myself when i was young well that certainly makes sense and then once i'm willing to see where it came from i immediately am free to see is this working for me or is it not and in in that kind of exploration Behavior is always changeable once you have the freedom to see it for what it is and whether it's actually serving you anymore. Maybe it did at one point and, and maybe it doesn't. And when you're working with animals and they have a particular behavior, it's the same approach, but a, just a, a different 
sort of a dynamic. You know, if if there's a dog who is reactive mm-hmm. when you're out, you know, walking in the park or something, then the first thing I'm going to do is just accept, okay, the, this dog has reactive behavior. How many people will say, oh, it's a bad dog. It's antisocial. Just drop the labels and start looking, okay, he has reactive behavior. So what's going on in his world that keeps him feeling in, in any kind of anxiety? What is it he's reacting to? And where did that begin? It's, it, you know, it, it's using elements of analysis to discover and explore what's actually going in the going on in somebody's life but the purpose behind why we're analyzing is what's really important when i'm listening so that i can bring out the the calm response in a dog or if i'm listening because i really would like to help this dog be a, a member of the family the reason why I'm listening means just as much as the information I uncover. So it's every behavior, when you're willing to listen without judgment, is actually going to steer itself into harmony. Harmony is natural. Anxiety and battle and fighting, there are elements of it that come naturally, but to live perpetually in conflict is not natural even for humans mm. and yet we make it so sometimes don't we ah but it isn't natural and it sure isn't fun or pleasant wow <laughs> true story yeah exactly exactly and so you know let's just acknowledge it happens conflict happens humanity's been conditioned to f- to think that conflict is normal and so okay great Some people are going to maintain it and fight to stay in conflict for the rest of their lives. Okay, that's fine. And when somebody starts to recognize, hmm, this isn't working for me anymore, then that's the moment I'm going to just drop right into my own body and listen to them discovering what's not working. And the moment they ask, how can I do things differently? Boy, would I love to share some uh, wisdom and insight and some tools. In what way would you, I'm sorry, when someone, you know, that you know wants to know what isn't working, then you'd like to share or you'd like to share something in general? Well, uh, so what I was saying there is, you know, if people are just dead set that conflict is the way and conflict mm-hmm. works okay. for them, I'm not going to get in the way of that, you know, here, have a cookie, have a coffee and enjoy right. your conflict. And with but, that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Would, would that be considered, uh, you're talking about the thanks, but no thanks approach. Like, okay, that's the way you see it. And that's the way you'd like to live it. Thank you. And no, thank you. Not the way Absolute. I'm going. Absolutely. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Because, yeah. Cause if I'm going to try to change you to make me more comfortable, mm then I've just brought the battle to you. And to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, which is no point in that. I mean, there's a lot of merit in letting people be the way they are and who they are. Yes. 
Exactly. Without judgment on them. Yeah. Exactly. And when I can know that presence of myself, when I see, that's why it comes back to being aware of myself first. When I'm aware that I can let you be without judging you, Mm -hmm. I don't need something from you. I don't need you to be different so that I'm more comfortable Mm -hmm. right there. That presence of letting you be without judging you, that is a creative moment and it sets everybody free. In that moment, I have just given the whole universe the opportunity to steer somebody in a different direction or let them hang on to what's familiar and comfortable for them. And just by letting them be, that is steering them in a different direction? Absolutely. Because... Yeah, yeah, because there's no conflict. You're not creating it. Saying, you did that to me. How dare you? And you're saying... It's like, yeah, you're saying that. And if that's the way you feel, and uh, yeah, it, it, it is what it is, but it's not about me. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And there, ding. Ding, yes. ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot of strength in that. It's funny because I've just very recently experienced that with someone. And at first it was pressing all sorts of buttons. And, and then I got to this place and I realized it. It's like, that's the way this person is. They've been this way before. And I don't even have any judgment about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, knock yourself out. It just doesn't affect me. Exactly. And I don't need to go in and stir the pot. And yeah. I don't need to go gossip about it and nope. say, can you believe this person did this? Blah, blah, blah. It's just, okay, fantastic. And I love what you said, that it's not about me. Yeah. At the end of the day, it really isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy. This is the beauty of know thyself and of of self-awareness. When your priority walking through your life is feeling your own open heart. You know, it takes some experience to navigate this world that way, just because so many people do live in battle. But when your priority is is experiencing your own open heart, Mm -hmm. it becomes very clear very quickly how much is not about you. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) really? And and, yeah, because other times it's all about me. And what do you think about me? And yeah, it's it never ends. I've just got to also read this part of your book um, about love. You know, it's uh, in the chapter. What are we really talking about here? And it's it's, love is a vibration that is absent of judgment. And, you know, truly, this is these are my words here. Uh, (laughs) When you love someone unconditionally. It's it's just that. It's not, I love you because you do this, you don't do that. It's, I just love you, no matter what you do. Back to your words. It is a vibration we know intimate, innately, intuitively, knowingly. Even those of us who would deny the suggestion that they knew love, that they know love, do know love on a v- vibrational level. Horses and the animal kingdom embody love. They embody truth. They are capable of denying themselves, they are incapable of denying themselves of who they truly are. This is the great difference between humanity and the rest of the kingdoms that share our planet. 
We are the only ones with the capability of deceiving ourselves about who we truly are. But we can't deceive the animals. Loving it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so sweet when even one person is willing to explore not judging themselves, even 10 seconds at a time. Mm. When, when I'm teaching, we play with things literally 10 seconds at a time sometimes because being vulnerable to yourself can be that scary. And when we have the courage to know what it feels like to be me without judgment, 10 seconds is actually timeless and Mm. it begins to reset all of your consciousness because it's so natural for 10 seconds you actually let yourself experience being loved and from there we just play with how it feels rather than give it all sorts of labels because ultimately when you're aware of that sensation of the vibration you have access to all of the love in the world and and it will come in at, at, in grace in a way that will always compliment you. And that's when life starts getting really fun. That is beautiful. I, I think, you know, we'll close pretty soon, but I just have to read about expectation and I want you to talk on that as well. Okay. Ah, and this again is uh, towards the end of the book, but it says... The more we let go of the expectation of who our animals are supposed to be and the expectation of who we, in caps, are supposed to be, the more we become more available to see who is standing right in front of us, no matter what species they are. And this so applies to our human friends, too, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. If you care to elaborate on that a bit, that's just... Got good stuff in here, kid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's, um, to me, it always comes back to being willing to feel your own heart. Mm. We are taught through experience. We're taught even mostly indirectly to think, okay, this person has that color hair, that color skin. This is what they wear. That's what they do. Therefore, here's what I can expect of them, right? Mm -hmm. They're an adult. They're they're called a teacher. So I expect them to teach me. I expect them to maybe dominate me. I expect them to speak in this way or that way. All of that kind of stuff is is taught indirectly. We learn that just by being, you know, in our society. And then we learn to expect things of ourselves if we're told you know, for example, you're, you're a smart person, you're going to intimidate people. Well, then I learned to expect that of myself and I either go with it or I fight against it. That was, I could tell you so, so many stories about my own life. That's what my next book is about, but, um, look forward to it and have you on then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that'll be a doozy. Okay. But, but we mostly indirectly, learn to identify with things based on what we expect of them. Yeah. And this exploration of 
again, sometimes just 10 seconds at a time to see what it's like to expect nothing of myself, expect nothing of the people in front of me or the animals in front of me, just to see what it feels like, right? That it's huge. The (laughs) the absence of expectation is exploring your senses. Expectation is all about projection of what I think I'm going to get. And it's very much in the mind, but the absence of expectation happens in your body. And the more experience we give ourselves of being aware of life when we're engaged with our body, you are very literally stepping into a different paradigm, which means a completely different way of engaging with the world. And um, it's it's people are getting experiences in different ways now through, you know, studying yoga and meditation and um, consciousness teachings and self-awareness, neuro-linguistic programming, Mm. tapping, Mm -hmm. all of these different modalities are all pointing us in the direction of engaging with your actual divine presence integrated into your body. And what I, this is what I love to share. Mind watch the body is a shortcut to that. Playing with animals can give us a framework and a context for what it is to be in a body with no judgment. They, they're right there doing it all the time. And this absence of expectation is synonymous with authenticity and being engaged as an open heart living through a physical body on our planet. Oh, that's beautiful. Engaged in an open heart, living in a physical body on Mother Earth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah. I'll have that. Yes, I'll take that too. (laughs) That's a good thing. Oh, gosh. Um, Carrie Lake, thank you so much. We'll air this in two parts is what we'll do. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. And your website, if people want to reach out to you, learn more about you, is kerrylake.com, and that's K-E-R-R-I, lake.com. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, all the best to you, and just keep having lots of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Count on that, and thank you so much. It's been such a joy and an honor to get to share with you and, and play with you and Thank you for where you are, walking your walk and shining every step of the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Well, lots of love. Be well and uh, talk again. Okay. Thank you, love. You're welcome.